So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now for the review of the day. All right, I got a five-star review from J. Pat Realtor. J. Pat Realtor says, great show, one of my faves. Love the show, especially love the segment on real estate updates. Will that ever come back? I look forward to it each Wednesday to know what is going on in the world of real estate. And yes, it's back. We, we've decided to do it every other Wednesday. So guys, look for that every other Wednesday, State of the Market. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want, or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first, and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. Rockstar Nation, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to stay to the end where our guests will be offering a free gift. As you know, all of our guests offer a free gift, and all of these gifts can be found on the Agent Success Toolbox. You could find that by going to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply texting the word toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. I am going to put today's free gift in today's show notes, but if you want all of them, including gifts from most of our guests that have come on the show, just go to the Agent Success Toolbox. All right, Rockstar Nation, I got a great guest today coming from sunny Florida. Mr. Craig Studnicki is on the line and uh, first time guest. So I'm excited. Uh, Craig, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Thank you, Pat. Thanks for having me. Hey, Craig, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself so they could get to know you better? Sure. Well, I'm originally from the Garden State of New Jersey. I moved to Miami 30 years ago, uh, right out of college, which was a long, long time ago. I got into the real estate business, specifically working for a company just like ISG, which is basically, it stands for International Sales Group, and we're a company that real estate developers in Miami hire to manage their sales and marketing for their mostly condominium projects. That's the kind of company I worked for up in the New York area. And when I moved to Miami, I essentially started with a, with a couple of other partners once upon a time, the exact same company. I'm the broker of record of the company. It's called ISG. And after being in business now in Miami for, tw for 26 years, uh, we represent the biggest developers in Miami. Uh, from Swire Properties out of Hong Kong, the Related Group out of both Miami and New York, Property Markets Group, PMG out of New York City and now Miami. They can do as much work now in Miami as they do in New York. Lennar, the list goes on. So it's, it takes a while to get the, the respect and the trust of the biggest players in town, but we're there now. So in short, that's what I do. I represent real estate developers who hire me to manage their on-site sales. 
Wow, that's incredible. And uh, so let's talk some numbers, like how, how many units, uh, how much volume, uh, how much gross commissions is all this bringing in as a brokerage, would you say? Well, it's all, like everything in life, it's all about timing. If you asked me this question 15 years ago when we were representing close to five, six billion dollars in listings, the commissions were wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, I used to sit, wake up every day and say to myself, is this a great country or what? But in those days, you know, real estate is, is very cyclical. Anybody that's going to get into this game has to be prepared for a roller coaster ride, no matter what part of the country you live in, because real estate is dependent on some external forces that you have no control over, like the economy, like mortgage rates, like population trends, and so on. Uh, if you find yourself in the right place at the right time, and you're a hard worker, you can make yourself a bundle of money. If you find yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time, notwithstanding a good work ethic, you can find yourself on the short end of the stick. So this is something about real estate you're, you're going to kind of have to get used to. And I'm only saying this because in the last few years, particularly here in Miami, we've not been doing, uh, we have not been posting great numbers. We haven't been, nobody has. Um, and it's principally, well, this is something that, Pat, you're going to learn something about Miami right now. Miami is very dependent on South American buyers, but very. Um, New York has always been probably the foundation of the majority of the, of the influx of buyers into Florida. And it's still pretty substantial, but it's been dominated by South America in the last 15 to 20 years. I'm talking about all of South America, including Central America, Mexico. In the last few years, the United States dollar is trading at an all-time high around the world. As a result, a lot of our buyers from Brazil, Argentina, Colombia, Mexico, they love Miami. They want to buy property in Miami. I mean, they, you know, they, they, the old joke about Miami is used from the New Yorker's perspective. Is this because, was always because they can get a discount based on their dollar. Uh, well, yeah, except they can't now. It's the other way around. The assets are way too much money. Right. So um, they don't anymore. So They don't. And back in... It's like 10 years ago, Brazilians were buying condominiums in Miami like crazy. But the Brazilian, their currency is called the RIAI. The Brazilian RIAI was trading at like two RIAIs to one U.S. dollar. Today, it's four RIAIs to one U.S. dollar. So a million-dollar condominium 10 years ago was two million RIAIs. Today, it's four million RIAIs. Consequently, no Brazilian buyers. So that's part of what I was referring to earlier. You can get caught in the wrong end of the cycle and despite your hard work uh, efforts, it gets a little lean and mean. So that's that's the roller coaster ride of, of real estate. That's fascinating, right? Yeah, that's well, fascinating. Something that's kind of unique to Miami. It's all same same. By the way, same circumstances right now in New York City, because most of the developers that I represent are also building buildings in New York. New York high end real estate is very dependent on European and Middle East money, but the dollar is the dollar around the world. So it's just it's not just expensive in South America. It's expensive in the Middle East and Europe as well. Um, you go to Los Angeles, talk to high-end developers in either L.A., mostly in L.A., where they're very dependent on Asian buyers. Same problem. The U.S. dollar is high, so the condominiums or even the single-family homes in Los Angeles are really expensive. And so consequently, any market in the United States that is somewhat dependent on international buyers, the last three years, it's been slow. That's wow. fascinating. I think a lot of people don't think about that. I mean, it's actually a good, it's a good argument for cryptocurrency at that point because then, you know, it's all the same dollar that you're using. You don't have to deal with that bullshit. But it's actually a very good argument for cryptocurrency. The problem with cryptocurrency, it's not, 
it's not yet endorsed by the Federal Reserve, and consequently, uh, most developers aren't embracing it, like 95% <laughs> of real estate developers out there. When it does finally get endorsed by the Federal Reserve, then it's going to be interesting how it may level the playing field on, with international currencies. Until then, we have to search for more uh, domestic markets when the U.S. dollar is trading high. Yeah. And by the way, it's not a political statement, but who knows what may happen to interest rates, particularly given the recent uh, expressed agenda from President Trump as it relates to the dollar. He's trying to bring the, the prime rate down to zero, zero percent. Now, presumably, you and I both know that the White House is not supposed to influence the Federal Reserve, Chairman Powell. However, it's hard to ignore that they don't talk and that pol politics don't influence it somewhat. Bottom line is Donald Trump is trying to get Powell to follow the European lead. The prime rate in Europe is zero, is zero. You can get a 30-year fixed rate loan in some countries in Europe at zero percent. Pat, that's free money. If Donald Trump can pull that off, then developers in cities like Miami, New York, and LA no longer will be dependent on international buyers because if interest rates fall that low, and it's possible, it's not crazy anymore, it's very possible, by like, I'm talking about 18 to 24 months from now, then you're not going to need any international buyers. We'll do just fine domestically. Yeah, and then, but there's an argument there as well for, you know, for how long, right? I mean, you give somebody something for so cheap for, you, you develop a culture where, where people are discouraged from saving money and from borrowing and borrowing and borrowing, you know, it's, well, yeah, well, how long is that going to last? You know? no, that's a very good point. Uh, let, me, let me draw a distinction. I think I know where you're going. I'm not suggesting that Donald Trump's promoting subprime loans, which is something that got our country in trouble when we were promoting those loans like in 2006, 7, and 8. No, 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 no. That's 0% down, 100% financing. No, that's disaster. No, he, you're going to need to put 25, 30% down. There's going to have to be some real equity in real estate. However, um, listen, I'm 62 years old. I remember the first house I bought in New Jersey. I negotiated a 9.5% mortgage rate, and I thought I was brilliant. <laughs> Today, mortgage rates are trading anywhere from 35 to 5%, depending on the kind of instrument you negotiate. Imagine if that thing's down in the ones and twos. You're going to get more people looking to buy real estate when mortgage money becomes that inexpensive. Um, and that will automatically cause real estate to pop again and prices to pop a little bit as well but no no no, i'm not suggesting that yeah Trump yeah no no it's a i mean it's a fascinating uh topic i i you know who knows what will happen but uh yeah but let's let me let me ask you this because uh, you said something interesting earlier that stuck in my mind you were talking about how 15 years ago you know was probably the peak of your career commission wise and that would have been about 2004 a yep. lot of markets now uh, you know, maybe not this year, but last year, at least 2018, you know, compared themselves to 2004. When would you say Miami or when would you say the, the new condo development market in, in your part of the world was, was close to that, closest to that? In this it last probably, yeah, well, let's, let's, let's like a 30-second retro history lesson on this, though. Right after September 11th, the Fed chairman, Greenspan, ratcheted down interest rates to keep the U.S. from slipping into like a psychological recession. And that made not just mortgage money, but construction money very available for developers all over the United States. Miami was no exception to that. 
Um, what happened in Miami was all of that inexpensive construction money combined with crazy terrorism down in, um, in, in countries in South America, particularly Venezuela and Colombia. So you had those countries very, very in clo close proximity to Miami. They love Miami because it's bicultural, it's bilingual, they feel extremely comfortable when they're here. They needed to get their money and their families out of those crazy environments. Developers were building condos like crazy because it was just so inexpensive to build the condos. And the demand was there because we had all these buyers from South America. Consequently, you saw this gigantic boom, which all came to a crashing end in 2008 for a variety of reasons, as you know, Pat. The market kind of recovered, though, back in 13 and 14. Not nearly as crazy as 2003, you know, 4, and 5, and 6 in that period of time. I've, I've never seen... I, I, don't, I don't know in my lifetime I'm ever going to see a, a real estate boom in Miami that resembled that. But in 2013, 14, and 15, we saw different circumstances because the United States was climbing out of the worst recession since 1929. Um, our dollar was extremely weak, the exact opposite of what I'm dealing with today. Mm. South American economies were doing incredibly well. Terrorism, particularly in Colombia, had come to an end. Brazilian economy was booming. The Argentine economy was booming. Those folks came up here and they bought a lot of real estate. Consequently, developers started another boom in 2012. In 2012, they introduced some 20,000 condos between Miami and Fort Lauderdale. That's boom time. That was a fun time. That's boom time, but, but at the same time, those Argentinians or whatever you call them, Argentines or... And Argentines, Argentinians, whatever. <laughs> um, they all did real well. They did. They did until their economy went the wrong way. Yeah. So Argentina elected a new but, president about four or five years ago, President Macri, who was very much to the right. He was promising all kinds of, of economic reforms that unfortunately did not work. They're dealing with an annual inflation now around 40 to 50%. So yee, we lost Argentina because their economy is just doing... So then did they call you, and, and I'm... I'm generalizing this but then did they, did they essentially did you see a lot of them calling up their agents and being like hey we need to sell oh yes yes and think about it they they could sell for almost what they paid back in 2012 13 and 14 and make money because the u.s dollar went started to get stronger their 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 their, their currency the argentine peso they, for example dropped they could sell it for what they paid and make money just based on the spread of currency right that's so, happening every day in miami Today. Today. So now they're selling and they're, they're being able to take it home. <coughs> and it's twice the buying power as it was in 2012. So they essentially double yes. their money, triple their money, that sort of thing. Yeah. And here's the, now here's the catch because there's always a catch, right, Pat? Right. They, they take those, the last thing they really want to do is bring those dollars down to Argentina. Yeah. They may not ever see that money again because of inflation. It may just get totally wiped out. So they're really kind of caught between a catch-22. If they need the money, they need the money. If they don't need the money, then some of those Argentines or Brazilians, they're renting their properties. They're just, they're waiting. They're waiting, they're waiting for the REI to recover, for their economies to improve, whatever it may be. That's um, fascinating. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's interesting. I joke with my salespeople, if you're going to sell real estate in Miami, you got to be a little bit of a political scientist. You got to follow this stuff down there. Otherwise, yeah, you, got you, get to. you know, all that, that's, I mean, the most agents don't have to think about that at all. Any of that stuff. Yeah, I wish I didn't, but I have to because I live in Miami. Yeah. 
tribeofmillionaires.com. Guys, write that down. Rockstar Nation got a free special offer for you. Now, I've just written a book, and it's just been published. Co-authored it with David Osborne, who's been on this show multiple times. If you don't know David, he is one of the top execs at Keller Williams Real Estate. Was personally mentored for the last two decades by Gary Keller himself. And he's in all kinds of businesses. His bio and explanation and everything is in this book. But anyways, David and I got together. We decided to write a book. We called it Tribe of Millionaires. And I guarantee you, it's going to change your life. To find out more, just go to tribeofmillionaires.com. We're going to give it to you absolutely free. Only thing we ask in return is, of course, number one, you pay the shipping. Not a big deal. But number two, that you go on Amazon and write us a review. We're really looking to get an incredible amount of reviews. And because of that, we're giving this book away for free. Go to tribeofmillionaires.com today. So let's learn a little bit about like how you did what you did because you've obviously built quite a big empire, right? You have 600 some agents working for you. What, um, like what, uh, take us from the beginning, right? You've been, what, 20, uh, you know, a quarter of a century almost now uh, yeah. with your company. Like what'd you do the first day? Like what'd you do the first year? Somebody listening wants to do this on their own. I'm sitting around with my new partners 26 years ago. And both of my, my former partners were from New York. I'm from New Jersey. We're in clearly a Latin city. And we're competing with other companies like ISG that are kind of Latin-based. And I'm realizing that we are at a competitive disadvantage. Yes, we're living in the United States, but this is kind of a Latin city. How are we as Americans going to compete well and satisfy our developer sales expectations as three Northeasterners? I think every real estate developer, or strike that, every real estate broker, salesperson always has to ask themselves that question, which is simply this, what is my competitive edge? And you've got to ask it soberly, you got to stare in the mirror, and you got to be dead flat honest with yourself, because if you are delusional, and you commit the sin of hubris, and you lie to yourself, you're going to get wiped off the board. If you're honest with yourself, this is my weakness. You always have to work on your weaknesses. Your strengths are your strengths. You don't have to worry about those. You have to work on your weaknesses all the time. Clearly, we thought our weakness was we're not Latin. So we created, to compensate for that problem, an international department inside of ISG, which basically meant we, we hired a, a, a few people, and basically they lived on airplanes for three or four years. They traveled to Buenos Aires, to Sao Paulo, to Caracas, to Bogota, to Santiago, Chile, to Mexico City, to every major city in South America. And they created relationships, call them strategic relationships, call them quasi-partnerships, call them whatever you like. We had great relationships with great brokers in those cities that love to sell Miami, and they got to know us. Selling, as I try to coach everybody all the time, is about two things. You've got to be likable, and you've got to be trustworthy. Trustworthy doesn't mean that you're, you don't, that you're not telling the truth. Trustworthy means you're competent. People aren't going to do business with people that are, that are airheads. They want to know that they're doing business with serious people. And if you're likable, bingo, there's your magic. Staying trustworthy and staying competent, that's, that means you're, gonna, you're constantly renewing information. You're constantly learning. Basically, you're constantly a student of the game. Anyway, make a long story short, Pat, it worked. Thank God <laughs> it worked. 
in about three or four years, we probably had over 50, 50 to 55 excellent relationships with brokers in all of those cities in South America. And it gave me a new brochure for the real estate developers that were thinking about hiring us in Miami. Hire, if you were a developer, Pat, Pat, hire me. You get instant access to my network in South America. You do it on your own, but it's going to take a while. If you'd hire me, not only do I know how to manage sales on site, but I've got highways of potential buyers that are going to be interested in your property immediately. So what we, I first, how did we come up with that great solution? By first being honest with ourselves and identifying what was clearly the hole in our business, the weakness in our business, in our whole business. And we solved it by creating that department. That was our first big move 26 years ago. And I still have the international department today and it still serves, despite the fact that South American sales are a little slow today, I still have it. I still use it. It still serves me well. And it's still one of my major, not my only, but my major secret sauce. Every agent's got to find their secret sauce. Fascinating. So let's talk about that. So like if a South American agent, right, wants to, <laughs> let, let's say you send your brochure of this new condo development you've been hired to sell, you know, 140 condos for, and you say, hey, you know, pre-construction prices, blah, 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 blah. You send that thing to Bogota. Your contact there looks at it and they're like, oh, I think I got somebody. They send you that person. Like, how's it work? How do, how do you pay them for their services? Uh, you know, how's that work? Well, it's, it's and part of that is kind of a Miami thing. The outside broker commission in this particular example, if you were living in Bogota, by now I've known you for 20 plus years. If I say, Pat, I've got a brand new project that's being developed by Swire Properties, here in Miami, it's on the Bay. It, this is the architect they hired. In terms of the trusting that you have in me, you're not gonna spend a lot of time vetting it out. You're just gonna trust that this is the next best thing that's coming to Miami. Pat, get your potential buyers that have always been looking for that dream home on Biscayne Bay lined up. I'll be coming down in a week or two. And then you do your thing. You send out nice invitations. You start teasing your clients about the next best project being developed by the biggest developer in the world, being represented by ISG. Craig's coming down. He's going to do a little explanation. So you organize all of that just to set me up for a presentation. And then I bring a couple of my salespeople down and we pretty much, all I ask you to do in this particular example is just get the qualified buyers in the room for me to make a presentation. Uh, I ask you then leave the driving to me and my team. We know how to sell the property. For you, you get a 6% commission. That's the garden variety standard commission for outside brokers in South America. It's big. So yeah, a million bucks, you're making $60,000 and you're getting paid to prospect qualified buyers, not sell it, to just line them up for a presentation for us. That's the great relay race between me and uh, my relay team is sort of using track vernacular um, down in South America. That's how it works. That's, that's fascinating. And then, and then, so you work it out with the developer ahead of time. You say, listen, if I got to pay a South American broker, the co-op or whatever is going to be 6%. If I got to pay somebody, you know, from Miami, a local broker from MLS or whatever, it's going to be different. Is that kind of how you do it? Or like, how no, does that work? I keep it. I keep it up the playing field level. If, it, if you're a local broker across the street and you just happen, somebody walked in your office one day and said, I've seen all three or four apartments in this neighborhood. They're nice. But what do you have that's brand new with higher ceilings and brand new kitchens and really cool distribution in the master bathroom and blah, 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 blah. Well, if you bring them over to me, I pay you the same 
Um, in the old days, developers, old days, like 20 years ago, some developers try to get away with paying local brokers half, at like 3%. The well, South that's America what they're right. going to make do the MLS or, or, or less than that, right? I mean, or they'll anything. Make, yeah, right? they'll they make, they make pretty much free. Yeah. We won't coin it, but let's just say they'll make, you know, right? I mean, so is that a, well, that's interesting. I mean, that's, so that's, uh, that's a good deal, a good incentive, certainly, for agents to bring people to ISG projects, right? Oh, yeah. No, and I, I have that conversation straight up with the developers. Let's not, let's not de-incentivize the local guy because he's local. Let's give him the same opportunity that the, the guy in South America has. And by the way, I'm not telling you that the brokers in, in Miami have copied my model. It's going to sound like it, though. A lot of brokers in Miami have now the same strategic or similar strategic relationships with brokers in South America like I developed. So paying them the 6% is really, they're entitled to it because there's kind of a daisy chain of people attached to that 6% that they got to pay anyway. So remember, Miami is a very much a global city now, highly dependent on, on international buyers. So just to keep things simple and to move things along relatively quickly, we pay everybody pretty much the same commission. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. This is a quote from Mr. Bill Reek, who took my certified listing agent program. He says, looking to take your listing presentation to the next level. Listen, I've closed 100% of the appointments since I took Pat Hyben's certified listing agent. Five appointments, five new clients in 60 days. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. Now you can get the certified listing agent course. You can get the certified buyer agent course, which tells you how to close every single buyer that calls in if you want them. You get the certified team agent course, which teaches you how to build a dynamite team like Jeff Cohn, who teaches the course. It's like a 10-hour course from Omaha, Nebraska, Berkshire Hathaway's top agent, and seven other courses. Total of 11 courses, all five-star rated, only 97 bucks a month. If you paid for them individually on the website, they would cost over $10,000. And we are running a special now at futureofrealestatetraining.com where you can get them for $97 a month. That's all you can eat. $97 a month, all these courses. That's futureofrealestatetraining.com. Futureofrealestatetraining.com. Check it out. Rockstar Nation, it is time to finish the year strong. The year is almost over, and it's time to sprint. You know, in my real estate career, I always doubled down at the end of the year because all of the other agents were not working during November and December, so I took full advantage. This is a great time to leverage yourself and hire a virtual assistant. I'm talking about my Outdesk. If you haven't heard of my Outdesk, basically they are a virtual assistant company, a VA company that specializes in virtual assistants for real estate agents. Yeah, I'm talking about transaction coordinators, marketing assistants. I'm talking about ISAs, inside sales agents that prospect thousands and thousands of seller leads and buyer lead follow-ups. I mean, these guys are trained in this stuff specifically. You're not using a company that doesn't know or understand 
real estate sales. Four out of five of the top teams in the U.S. use my Outdesk for their virtual assistants. And because I know the owner, Daniel Ramsey, I've known him for over a decade, and I know how awesome and incredible this company is and how it saves agents thousands and thousands of dollars every single week and makes them thousands and thousands of more every single week. We're going to give you a $400 coupon off of your first month of a virtual assistant and give you access and give you a free book entitled scaling your business with virtual professionals. So you can like read it and look into it before you decide anything. It's called scaling your business with virtual professionals. And you can get it real easy. All you got to do is text the word HIBAN, H-I-B-A-N, to 31996. That's H-I-B-A-N to 31996. And download your free book, Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And don't forget to mention also that you get a $400 discount, which will give you a coupon for that when you download the book. Thank you, guys. And I hope you enjoy and make a ton of money using my Outdesk. So like uh, you've been doing this a long time, what would you say a failure you've had is in doing this and what you learned from it? Probably, listen, all salespeople have to be optimistic, positive thinkers, goal setters and all that, right? I probably slip on the same banana peel, even to this day that a lot of real estate people do. We tend to get a little over optimistic about the potential of the market. I have misjudged cycles. I have sometimes even, even, even now, um, I'll tell you a, a right now story. Um, I never thought that the U.S. dollar would stay as stubbornly high as it has. It's, it went high in early 2016. So we've had a high dollar for 16, 17, 18, now most of 19. That means we're, we're approaching a four-year real estate lull, even a real estate recession in Miami. It's the longest in my career. Well, well, even after but, 2008, but, but, right. that only, the aftermath of 08 only was two years. And then, boom, yeah. we were back. But it's different, oh. right? I mean, like, like, it's still good. I mean, like, you're, well, is it? Like, how is it different than 2008? This is a good question. It's too, you know, I mean, we're 11 years later. Certainly, people look back on 2008 as a, as a, as, as a disaster. You yeah. know, um, 2009, 2010, disastrous years right nobody looks back on them like that those are gravy years it wouldn't now be much better than then or no for you well that's real good that's a good point in 2008 and 2009 americans were introduced to what our grandparents used to talk about 1929 we've had we were that close to a depression Americans were not buying real estate in 2008, 2009, 2010, and most of 2011. They weren't buying it in 08 and 09 because they were psychologically traumatized, including me. I'm not the only one. We all were. Over 300 million Americans, we were freaked out. But the other problem was there was no mortgage money in the United States. There was no mortgage money because you couldn't get an appraiser to give you a fair appraisal because real estate price, residential prices were dropping as the whole world was dropping, as Bear Stern and Lehman Brothers were going out of business. It was a crazy time. Without mortgage money, you didn't have American buyers. But who did you have? Lots, I mean, lots of South American buyers because they had strong currency matched with strong economies. So that was then. Whew. 10 years later, 
We don't have South Americans. Their economies aren't doing well. The dollar is extremely strong. Our assets are consequently very expensive. So who's buying? <laughs> Americans. Very market I didn't have in 08, 09, and 10, I now have in 2018 and 19. Why? Two reasons. One, well, first of all, Florida, as you may have heard, because I'm not the only one talking about it, we're the, Florida is the second fastest growing state in the United States. Fastest is Texas. They grow by almost 1,000 people every single day. Florida grows by 900 people every single day. And most of that growth is domestic migration from various states, particularly in the Northeast, to Florida. That's number one. Number two, Donald Trump passed that Tax Reform Act in December of 2017, which changed, um, which basically eliminated New Yorkers, New Jersey people, Massachusetts people, Illinois, Connecticut. Lots of people in the Northeast can no longer deduct state and local taxes for federal tax purposes. They call it the SALT issue. Well, it's getting expensive to live up there. Consequently, a lot of baby boomers are advancing their retirement plans and moving here a little bit faster. Number three, so you've got, you've got a better U.S. economy. You've got strong, uh, I'll say a population boom going on in Florida, matched with unbelievably low mortgage rates. Right now, you can get a 30-year fixed rate loan for close to 3.5%, 3.5%. And a lot of the big lenders are talking about sub-3% a year from now. So what I had 10 years ago, Pat, South America, zero Americans, it's completely opposite now. Almost all Americans, a little bit of South America. What would you rather have, today or then? I would like to have a little bit of both, honestly. I just, give me a little bit of a weaker dollar, and I would be the happiest. But three years ago, you had, you had a lot more equilibrium, right? You had both, kind of three or four years. I did. I just didn't have the, I'll say, the impulsive buyer from the Northeast like I do today because three years ago, the tax laws were different. So they're always yeah, moving that, that here. Ta- but, that, but that tax law is just uh, like you have to make a certain amount of income, right, for, to, to get Well, yeah, not really. Well, yeah, look, I'm only talking about the people that are probably making north of five to $700,000 a year. But up north, there's a lot of people. And it's just their real estate tax on their primary residence. They just can't write that off. Is that what it is? That's the, well, they're maxed out at $20,000 a year. That's number one. But number two, right. you can no longer, if you live in New York City, you can't deduct city taxes from the city of New York, nor can you deduct state taxes from the state of New York against your federal income tax. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, I forgot right. about that. The That's, state tax. You can't take yeah. your state tax because you used to be able to deduct. You used to be able to add it, and deduct it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. right. So now, no, that changed everything. So, and, and this year is when we saw the big impact. Because well, in Florida, you have no state tax. Exactly. And we, right, now I'm with you. We have, a, we have, we have a, a sales tax, period. And because of all the way the property is booming, Property taxes, together with sales tax, Florida is becoming a very wealthy state. We don't need a state income tax. Anybody who, in fact, in the, our last gubernatorial race, the guy who lost was suggesting that maybe we start a state income tax. Clearly, he lost. Uh, that's never <laughs> going <laughs> to happen in Florida. That, uh, there's just no way. We, first of all, Florida doesn't really need it. And secondly, it is one of the main magnets, the, aside from amazing weather, that causes people from the Northeast to want to eventually relocate here. So wow. what would I rather have? I'd like to have a little bit of a mix of both, but it doesn't come like that. It comes the way it comes. So do your agents uh, go out and uh, like how much of the business that comes into your firm are your agents going out and getting it themselves versus um, <coughs> projects that you get and then you're putting them to work on said projects? 
Um, it's mostly self-generated business. Most like of it by, is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 80% of it is self-generated as a result of the relationships they have with the real estate community, particularly real estate agents, whether they're in Miami, whether they're in Fort Lauderdale, whether they're up northeast or whether they're scattered over Central and South America. It, that's how it's done. And it's done through a lot of social media platforms, uh, mostly Facebook and Instagram. What do you, what do you uh, mean? I'm, I'm lost by that. Like, like, you know, okay, so your average agent in Washington, D.C. or Austin, Texas, right? They, they know they have their 100 people that they know and they call them and they say, hey, do you need to buy or sell a house? And they say yes, and then they make a commission. How are they different than that? Well, those cities that you're referring to don't – well, Washington's different. They always call Washington the most recession-proof city for real estate in the country because every four to six years there's a constant turnover of housing. So Washington's probably a bad yeah, I'm just, uh, yeah, but from an agent perspective, like as far Most as – Most of the cities, yeah. you, you rely on, on social media advertising of your properties. You rely very much on some conventional marketing, advertising in magazines, billboards on, on roads, what have you. The developer – or the owners of real estate have to help you in that regard. In almost every other city, yeah, you've got to have some conventional marketing to help you fill your pipeline with potential customers. If I were selling property in Orlando, Florida, for example, or Naples and Tampa, I can't use my South American market for those cities because South America is mostly attracted to Miami. So there I'd have to employ more conventional tactics like advertising. But, but you know, you have to fit your marketing strategies based on the cities that you're in. To answer your question specifically about my agents, it's all about the relationships they develop with realtors around the country and their knowledge about how Miami moves. And that's one of the things that I'm able to provide them with this thing. I think I we touched on this earlier. Yeah, well, tell me, tell me about this because what uh, Craig is jumping to, which is good because when you talk about this, is the free gift here that he's brought today. So go ahead. What is that you're, you're holding? Miami up? Report. It's 2009. And the New York Times and CNN were beating up Miami, basically announcing to the world that we have this glut of condo and single-family home inventory, probably 10 years of supply. 10 years. Well, 10 years, wait a minute, but was it true? No. Oh, no, it wasn't. But it affected me for about a day and a half. I thought about maybe closing my business. because. <laughs> <laughs> they said, they said, just to slow this down a little bit, New York Times, CNN, whatever, said Miami is a disaster. The developers have been building all these condos that nobody wants, you know, which, in, you know, I'm sure there was some truth to it. Not 10 years, right? But a certain yeah. amount of oversupply. And a lot of those developers went out of biz, right? Right. A lot of those builders went out of biz. So, so okay, so take it from there. So developers went out of business. The construction lenders foreclosed on these buildings. Construction lenders are lenders. They're not developers. Oh, my God, what are we going to do with these buildings? If CNN and New York Times is saying there's 10-year supply and if there's no mortgage money in the United States, what the hell are we going to do? But I didn't believe it. And I, and I'm by myself, I mean, my partners and I, we sat around ISG and said, there's no way. New York Times said there's 25,000 brand-new condos that people can buy and it's 10 years of inventory. There's no urgency out there and take your time because prices are dropping. We said, there's no way there's 25,000. It just doesn't pass the gut test. So we literally went out neighborhood by neighborhood in Miami and Fort Lauderdale. And we counted how many condos had really fell into the classification of defaulted condos. There were 11,500, not 25,000. So we published this thing called the Miami Report 
in 2009, basically giving everybody the results of our research. And I mostly did it, Pat, for my agents that work for me, because part of my job is to motivate them, and I can't do it with smoke and mirrors. I have to do it with real facts, real information that they can really trust. So we did. We published it, and my agents asked me if we could also do it in Spanish because of South America. So yes, of course. Following year, they asked me to update it. By the way, in two years, the 11,500 units were all gone. South Americans came up and bought everything. And it taught, and that's, no, what's again, I got, and I that's a crazy amount of units too, right? I 11,500 vacancies competing against each other. Yep. Admittedly, know? the prices were a little bit lower because the banks took them over and they dropped of the course. price. Yeah. But that's still a lot of inventory to move in two years. It's, and that's yeah. what, that's without Americans because we didn't have any mortgage money in the Americans. So you, you, you got real lucky because if that was somewhere else, right? Without the South American buyers. South America saved Miami. No doubt about it. But then as a result, I now found myself. And by the way, I also learned a lesson. I'm never going to ever doubt the popularity of Miami. You mention Miami anywhere in the world almost to people. And they smile because they think about the weather. They think about how, not, how the lifestyle, how much, how nice it is to probably live here. And Pat, I told you, I'm from New Jersey. It's nice all the time in Miami. If you're a golfer, if you're a tennis player, God forbid you're a boater, you're going to start to lose your work ethic because there's a lot of things to do outside in Miami, Fort Lauderdale all the time. But anyway, I don't get off on that. My sales team asked me to publish, I don't know, new inventory numbers every year. So now I find myself 10 years later publishing the Miami Report. I now publish about 5,000 of these. We produce it in English, Spanish, Portuguese for the Brazilians, and now Mandarin for the Asian market. We, we publish it electronically. We do quarterly updates. It's kind of become a little bit of a staple of my company, but it's also become a very reliable tool for most real estate agents, including lenders, developers, real estate attorneys, architects. What's in it? Can you open it up? I mean, like, what's, what's, what's yeah, most popular uh, about uh, it? Yeah. I have a... Is there a bunch of graphs showing, you know, inventory showing... Like, like, like yeah. I mean, here's, here's well, here's... There's all, yeah, there's a bunch of graphs. I mean, here's one. This, let's see if you can see this. But this shows the 20 years of Florida's daily population. population growth in like the last 25 years. Um, why do I do this? Because here's the simple point. Common sense. If people are moving out of an area, it's probably reasonable to expect that prices are going to drop. If people are moving into an area, it's probably reasonable to expect that prices are going to increase. Florida's been growing at the rate of you know, 800 to 900 people a day for like the last 20 years. You have a Census Bureau, not me, they're projecting a daily population growth for Florida between 900 to 1,000 for the next 20 years. So once again, if people are moving into an area, I think you can expect real estate prices to increase. And so I, I publish stuff like this to give- And then you put, I, you put ISG all over it or, or- Oh yeah, all over it. I have a young partner, her name is Veronica Gorson and she handles all the marketing of ISG. I do a lot of the research because I listen to all my salespeople. I listen to brokers that I work with. I listen to them tell me what their issues are in terms of closing deals. And so the content, a lot of the content that I hear about. And, and is that mailed? Is that mailed to everybody? Is that how they mailed by either your friendly U.S. postman or electronically in your, in your Outlook inbox. Okay. So, yeah, we fill it with all kinds of graphs, all kinds of information about inventory levels, pricing levels. So that when you're that sitting with a customer, pretty major. What what what's that cost you? About a hundred thousand dollars a year. 
It's, it's, a, it's a major investment I make to keep my, but once again, it, 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 I know it absolutely helps distinguish my company against my competitors. So once again, in terms of that special sauce, which the competitive guy in me thinks about only all the time, I've got my international network in South America. I've got my Miami report. I've got my partner, Veronica Gorson, who's an expert at marketing. She, she's the one that puts all these wonderful graphics together and helps me tell the story in a very easy way to understand, and a logical way to understand. So those are the three legs of my secret sauce stool, if you will. And I think, and I tell that to every agent that works for me. That's how I try to, and Veronica and I try to distinguish ISG kind of on a big picture level. That's our secret sauce. Now you got to find your secret sauce. And the more trustworthy you become with agents that you talk to around the world, let alone an actual buyer, your business will naturally start to grow because your database and your fan base just starts to grow. And before you know it, business is coming at you northeast, west, and south. I strongly believe in the trustworthy part. And I'm, once again, I'm not talking about your level of honesty. I'm talking about your level of competency, your knowledge of the business. And that's what the Miami Report drives home really hard. I get asked to do these present. I do presentations on my Miami Report to my own competition, like all the time. I probably do a presentation a week. I do it gladly because we're part of the community. And I, and I hate it when I hear misinformation about Miami or Fort Lauderdale. And there's a lot of misinformation about Miami and Fort Lauderdale. So they we share pick, it. They pick on you. People pick on you, huh? Yeah, they do. They love to pick on us, but they also love to, they also love to live here. And they particularly like to visit. And we, we're glad to have them. Well, that's interesting. So, guys, hybendigital.com backslash ISG. That's hybendigital.com backslash ISG. I'm going to put all of Craig's information. I'm going to put the ISG website. I'm going to put... All, uh, social media links, everything. If you guys want to reach out to him and say thank you. And Craig, is there anything you want to leave our uh, guests with today before we sign off? Listen, if when you're in Miami, look me up. I'm mostly here at Brickell City Center all the time. Brickell City Center is a, uh, is a multi-use property being developed by Squire Properties. I'm happy to sit down and say hello, walk you through this for 15, 20 minutes and give you this the big picture perspective on Miami. Miami is the city of the future. It's one of the, the cities of the future in the U.S. It's no longer God's little waiting room where retirees are moving here waiting to shuttle <laughs> off to the next life. The tech center is growing. People from all parts of the world go to the University of Miami and they don't leave. They stay. And when you come here, you'll understand why they stay. It's changing. It's getting cool. It's maturing beautifully. And I hope to meet you when you're down here. Come to, come to Burkle. Come to Burkle City Center. And I'm happy to give everybody a quick hello and spend as much time going over some of this Miami Report stuff as you like. And we could talk about anything else you'd like to discuss. Yeah, actually, I'm, I may take you up on that. I'm coming to Miami in March. I'm going to Cuba with, <coughs> nice. with, my, with, my, with my group, GoBundance. And, and I actually invested in a, uh, in a fund that's based out of Miami. And uh, I told okay. them I would stop by and... And meet with them and have a little meeting with them while I'm there. So I plan on staying a couple of days. So uh, I'll definitely look you up. And please do, Pat. And enjoy Cuba. I've never been. But I have a lot of American friends that like to go and, and, and smuggle some of those wonderful cigars home. <laughs> <laughs> see if I could get you one. That'd be great. That'd be great. All right, buddy. Thanks for coming anyway. on the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, you're, you're a great conversationalist. Uh, I definitely want to get you to come back on. And uh, we could talk all day about this stuff. And you got to shut me up because I could talk all day about this stuff because I really have grown to 
fall in love with, with the city I live in. I miss New Jersey, but Miami's my home. Anyway, <laughs> thanks, thank you, Craig. Thanks, Great meeting you. you. Thanks you so too. much. See you. Bye-bye now. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger, yes, the one finger that points at people, and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>